What does the cleaning industry really talk about? Beyond Clean with Ace is a podcast to explore just that. Now in its sixth season, Beyond Clean with Ace has hosted hundreds of influencers from around the globe. Listen to people who are excited about providing healthy, positive, and proactive information. Share their experiences, passions, and helpful tips. Now let's join our host, Dave Thompson, Director for the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, as he speaks with yet another leading influencer from our industry. Hello, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. I am your host here at Beyond Clean with Ace. You know, this morning, uh, it's, uh, well... Golly, for some people, fall has came, but, you know, I live in Florida, and I just can't tell whenever the seasons change, other than maybe there's a few more brown leaves on the ground. Um, And as we are recording this, I do want to kind of uh, make mention, as we have already the last couple of weeks, uh, many people are still suffering from the after effects of the hurricane that uh, came through recently. Our uh, thoughts are with them. And, you know, as we all talk, there's the things that happen in life that uh, traumatizes and everything. But as we say, we like to stay on the positive side of things here on our show. Our three key words are healthy, positive, and proactive. And to that point, I have a, um, a gentleman on the line with me today if uh, technology well, it hasn't been kind to us, let's just say that already. It has been not kind to us this morning, but Charles Smith, are you with me now? I am, Dave. Well, that's so good to hear because yeah. we, we had a little challenge this morning. <laughs> Technology wanted to get in our way. Yeah, but like everything else, we've overcome it. Uh, you know, I was working with, a, a did another podcast with a lady up in Canada here just right after the hurricane. and. Uh, about halfway through, we lost all of our internet, and uh, so, folks, I think we're a little past that. So, hopefully, Charles, uh, that we've made it through that initial uh, blunder with the technology here. Um, now, let me tell you a little bit about our guest today, uh, from my viewpoint, uh, because you, you know, I, I I looked at his website, and it says, "Don't just cover up your wounds; heal from within." Um, boy, I think probably every one of us that are listening could say an amen and a hallelujah to that. Um, Charles, I'm going to let you go from there. Why are we talking with you today? And kind of give us a little history, if you will. Well, first of all, my heart goes out to Florida and everybody affected by, by the weather down there. That's just horrible. I've seen a lot of, uh, Facebook Facebook pictures of friends that have been affected down there, and my heart just goes out. Um, I've been affected by different trauma throughout my life. I've had PTSD for going on over 40 years now, um, compounded PTSD. And what compounded PTSD is is... When you have PTSD, you don't have various PTSDs. It, think of it like a layer cake, and it gets um, compounded on top of each other. 
like one thing happens and then another thing happens and then it just piles up and my my ptsd layer cake is probably like a three-decker house so before we go on charles could we explain what ptsd is to those people that may not know yes um ptsd is post-traumatic stress disorder and what post-traumatic stress disorder is is when you have a traumatic event like being hit by a hurricane or 9-11 or like how mine started um my mother passing away um a traumatic event and then that event staying with you through a flashback or um, you're constantly reminded of it. I think what most people think when they hear that term, Charles, is military. It's always yes. military. And while that's probably the one that is most generally in the news, what you're saying here at the start of our podcast today is that's not the only traumatic stress that is identified here. Yeah, and that's why I that's why I go in that direction when people ask because a lot of people do um, think of that, you know, like being shot at, um, being blown up like I was in the military. But um, yeah, it can happen to anybody. And we just found that out more or less recently that civilians can have post-traumatic stress just as military personnel can. Before that, it was considered battle fatigue. And I went undiagnosed for decades because, you know, what child would have battle fatigue? You know, so the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. So for you, what I'm hearing you tell us is that your compound uh, post-trauma was your mother and then the military, and then there probably was one after that as you came back to the States in recovery? There was my mother. There was my father at age 11. There was, I've lost over 20 significant people in my life. And then there was the military, a few different experiences in that. And then there was, um, I had a homeless experience after the military. I almost um, committed suicide. I had an attempt in, right after 9-11, actually. And uh, that was because my uncle that raised me and my grandfather passed away a, a month um, apart and that really was like losing my father all over again. So this is the compounding effect that you're speaking of and there's the other side of this story I would imagine as to what you've done with all this trauma to recuperate for yourself? Yes, yes. Um, I think of it as my crucible. I was homeless and 
I um, was homeless with a bunch of other veterans. And that opened my eyes for the longest time growing up and my young adult life. I thought the world owed me because of the loss of my mother and my father. Hmm. And I, um, seeing them, you know, down and out and suffering really opened my eyes that I wasn't alone. And I, I think I needed that. Although as tragic as it was, I think I needed to go through that to understand what my life is all about. And that's helping others. And so on that note, uh, from what I have seen, you've got more than one book and I believe they're on Audible as well. Yeah, on audible.com. Um, they're all from PTSD to uh, the first 11 years of my life to changing your life like I had to, uh, addiction recovery. I'm in 30 years addiction recovery, uh, uh, positive thinking like we all need right now. Uh, yeah, let, let's look at that because I, I noticed on there that several of these are called workbooks, Charles. Uh, I'm not familiar with a workbook on Audible. Explain to us a, a little bit about that. Well, it makes you think. The, the way that I design my books, they make you think on... Um, if you have it on paperback, then there's actually places where you can write in your answers to a bunch of the questions that are in the books. But um, if if you hear it on Audible, then there's questions and then there's a pause, like a one or two second pause where you would be able to think about the question. Yeah, yeah, go to a notebook and scribble it out, uh, maybe a diary or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where did where did you where did you come up with the idea of doing a workbook in a in in, in something like this? That's kind kinda of interesting. Well, I um after my homeless stint, I was running programs because I learned all about PTSD once I found out that I had it. I was ended up running programs on PTSD for various places, um, veterans facilities within my area. And in that, in those programs, I would, you know, have questions for the people that, that I was teaching PTSD about, you know, and so, when I couldn't do that anymore, and I didn't do that anymore because my son was born and I had to uh, make more money than I was. <laughs> it's funny how making money kind of moves us uh, different directions. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I, fe fe feeding and clothing us uh, does make a difference. Definitely, definitely. 
And when you have a son now to, re to uh, uh, you know, to have to take care of, uh, that changes the picture again. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Yep. So yeah, I um, had to support him. So I decided to make the books in or make the programs into books. And so my first three books were the programs that I was running. And then my fourth book and fifth and sixth and seventh were um, actual books that I sat down and wrote as a book, but I wrote them in like the same design as the first three. So, you know, what's interesting here, I've talked with some people, Charles, and is the writing and doing this a part of dealing with the PST, PTSD or, or do you just consider anything and everything you do a part of it? I think everything I do is um, part of dealing with it, even talking on these podcasts, it's part of dealing with it. Okay. I, I work for a place that's actually down in Florida too, um, Aware Recovery Care. Uh, Aware Recovery Care, which can be found on awarerecoverycare.com. And um, I work with them, and that's part of healing too, you know, working with people in recovery. It's, you know, I, I, I think all of us, as we're listening to you, Charles, this morning, we all can think of something that we might consider a a, a, a one layer, <laughs> as you had put it. I never thought of it as a layer cake, but that's an interesting concept uh, because I can say there's been things in my life that I would say that are probably are on that verge of that, that you have memories of and you wake up uh, in a cold sweat from it. Hmm. Um and, and I think that's, you're, you're right in the fact that this is the way we deal with it every day. It never does actually go away. Right. And I mean, people talk about PTSD growth and that is uh, healing from it. But in my experience, you learn, you learn how to deal with it more than you do healing from it and you learn how to deal with it and that's where the healing from within comes from like you learn like uh how do i explain it i've always said that healing from within is like when a soldier loses his arm in a battle or his limb, leg, you know, whatever. They don't just want to know how, you know, they don't just want to have a prosthetic and sent on their way. They want to know that they can have a life after getting the prosthetic. That, you know, that they can have a, have a good life after that. Yeah, the, the 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 prosthetic is only a means to an end. Exactly. Yeah, I think about. Uh, have you seen the movie Battleship? Mm, can't say I have. Go ahead. 
there's a guy in there that um he's a really big guy but he lost both of his legs and for some of the movie he's in um denial that he's ever gonna have a good life after you know losing his legs and he was in the navy and i it never got into how he lost his legs but then um in the movie it talks about or it shows how he transforms into feeling bad about it and then aliens attack that which is where the battleships come in but um then he he has to he has no choice but to fight so he gets up and he this one point where he's actually fighting an alien um on his prosthetic limbs you know and i <laughs> i i always looked at that like you know that that's a good um analogy like he's feeling bad for himself until he doesn't have a choice but to fight well he has a reason and a focus that overcomes and overweighs anything and everything else the the motivation is still in his heart yeah exactly yeah yeah, I think that's what's interesting about, you know, uh, the uh, the traumas of life. Uh, what do we do with them? You know, I, I thought it was also interesting, Charlie, when I looked at all of these things, um, working with a narrator to narrate your books had to be, well, I, I, I would say just a whole nother level. I've never done anything like that. I, I, narr I narrated a lot of it myself. Yeah, and I, I, I edited a lot of it myself. I did a lot of the work um, on my own. I just, even the self-publishing, the self all that, it was all me. No, I, would, I, uh, no, I, was, seeing, I was seeing here, it, it says on Audible that uh, this was narrated by Bailey Hamilton. Oh, then yes, I'm sorry, yes. No, you are right about I. Sorry about that. You are right, definitely. Um, Bailey. I um, I ran into her on audible.com and um, I felt that uh, she had the right voice for the books. That she... Um, had a good soft voice that um, when reading this sort of material was needed. You know, I yeah. find it interesting as, you, as you're talking about this, Charles, is that, you know, here's somebody's went through all of this, but yet you're doing something that many people never would even think of working with somebody picking, you know, how do I pick somebody to narrate my book? You know, there, as you said, you did all of this stuff yourself, you self-published and all of this, but then turning it over to somebody else to be the voice of your book, um, that that's just an experience in itself. That's a positive move to deal with things. Yeah, I, I um, A while back, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to, you know, trust somebody with that sort of thing. Yeah, there has to be a lot of trust in that. Yeah, yeah. But I I, I met her and we talked and all that and we um we hit it off and yeah, she like I said, she just had like the voice that I felt was needed for the narration because my voice I think is too rough for that sort of um <laughs> that sort of material. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, you know, I've got a lot, uh, Charlie, I've got a lot of courses on, uh, uh, for the academy, and some people said, uh, well, we'd like to have it narrated. I'm going, you know what, I'm an instructor, I can talk all the time and everything, but it just takes a different voice to narrate something so that the world wants to hear it. You know, if, if somebody's in a class with me, that's one thing, I'm a, I'm a professor, I'm more or less lecturing to them. Uh, you don't want a book to come across that way. Exactly. Yeah, especially like a yeah. self-help book. <laughs> yeah. A self-help book that's a lecture. No, I don't think that works too well. <laughs> <laughs> um, of, of all the ones that you've done, um, is there, I mean, you know, is there a favorite or, or one that you you know, that you pick out the best or if we were telling somebody on this podcast today to pick one of them up, uh, um, you know, is it based on, I mean, how do you decide which one? I would say the addiction recovery book because I cover so much in that book. I don't only cover um, addiction recovery, but I cover the eight dimensions of wellness, which is emotional wellness, occupational wellness, soul wellness, etc. And within those, I put coping skills for each. So that really um, gives you a really well-rounded effect of coping skills and wellness. So if you're looking for, you know, something to improve your life, that's that's it. And it, it also gives you a, a good um, view on how to look at you know, pe people in addiction. You know, people in recovery because I had I had somebody tell me once that you know, oh, these people are all washed up. They're all, um, you know, they're all no good anymore, and this and that. And I looked at the person like they had three heads. <laughs> you know, like what the hell are you talking about? You know, they 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 had a rough go of it, but. You know, they're they're people. When when I when I was eleven years old, I was considered washed up because of the in my book, ten homes in eleven years. 
it explains that whole um, life that I had as, as a child. But nobody, nobody is beyond help. I mean, I, I, I went from in high school, I told my, my 10 year old, I'm like, I graduated with Eps. You know, and I just graduated college two years ago when I was 48, top of my class. You know, nobody has washed up. You know, I hear what you're saying because I, um, in my young life, um, you know, and I'm, I'm going, folks, you know, as you're listening to this podcast today, you're probably thinking of those things in your life that were traumatic. Well, uh, when you said 10 homes in 11 years, I was in eight schools in one grade. Oh, wow. Hmm. Second grade, I had to take over again because I had only been at that school for 10 days and they couldn't pass me. They had nothing, they had no way to pass me. So they had to, I had to take second grade over. Um, you know, so if you say, if you say those traumas in life, I guess that's where my first one was. I never really thought of uh, the layers of my trauma, but hey, um, you know, as you say, you've wrote these books, you're helping people. You know, here I am, um, I've turned 65 now. I teach people and I help people in the cleaning industry to save lives every day. It's not what we've been through, it's what we've done with those situations. Right, exactly. And I, I, I actually stayed back in the second grade too, because I was, that's around the same time that uh, I was moving around and my mother passing away when I was six. I think I went from Cottonwood or Massachusetts to Arizona, somewhere like that. But I, I missed um, a lot of the second grade and I had to take it over again too. Yeah, I uh, I hear you. We weren't quite to the homeless stage. Uh, we had a, a a station wagon we lived out of for several months. Uh, I remember uh, fishing in a, uh, a a creek in Colorado with uh, bacon and um, getting hamburger and having what I called sagebrush hamburgers because. The only thing you could get to burn was sagebrush. Oh. Hmm. You, you know, and as a child, you remember some of those things. Oh, I could tell you all about the trauma, too. I can tell you all about that kind of stuff. It, you yeah. know, it, and that's, I think that's the thing, Charles, what we're saying here is you, you remember those things, but you, there's also a lot of good that's mixed in there along with that. And it's somewhere we have to dig deep inside and choose what we're going to focus on. Right, and what direction we're going to go in. And we can't yeah, let society yeah, dictate. Yeah. Well, yeah, and what are you going to do with it? And look at what you've done with it. Uh, I, You said you had a son. I'm interested to see how that went for you. It went, it went great. Um, he's 10 years old. Um, I, often t I often talked about him with... Um, I involve him with my uh, suicide attempt because my suicide attempt was 20 years ago. And so I tell people, 
you know, that was 20 years ago. He's 10. You do the math. You know, if if I was successful back then, he wouldn't be here. Right. You know, and I, I, I look at his picture. I'm looking at it right now as I'm talking to you. And that is so unconceivable now that that would have ever been a part of your life. Yeah. 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 yeah I hear you. Yeah. There's times where I stop and, and think and I go, really, you know, I've got a granddaughter that's now 14, um, you know, her first year in, in high school. And while I did not father a child, my, my wife, uh, um, her son gave us a grandchild and, uh, you know, never did I think that I would play that type of a role. Uh, and you do, you stop and you think and you look at it and you go, wow, this is what life has done for me or what I've done with my life. Uh, and I'm not done yet. You know, I think that's what you're saying too, Charles. You're not done yet. You got a 10 year old, um, and he will not go through what you did. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, I push him all the time, push him to do better in school and, because I don't want him having the life that I had. I, I want him to, you know, have everything that I I didn't have. He's got well, and, and 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 to be able to 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 learn from what you experienced and what you've went through, because there will be a different set of of those things for him at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, was, I, my, I, I look at my granddaughter and I go, you know, there's some situations she is still going to have to deal with uh, that her family life is not what it should be. And we yet have got those bridges yet to cross, but uh, having to deal with some of those bridges myself, I will be more capable to handle dealing, helping her through those uh, across those bridges as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to a, a client of mine um, yesterday, and he, he had a, a neighbor's 15-year-old son over there. They were talking about guitars and music, and we got into talking about drugs in his school. Oh, my. That's something that he's my, my son in. I have a – my ex has a 12-year-old daughter that I still consider my, my own daughter. And they're, they're, they're going to be contending with this soon. But the boy was like, I don't even like going to the bathroom because I smell marijuana or yeah. there's people drinking or doing, you know, lines of coke or, and it's kids. And I'm just like. That shouldn't have oh, to be dealing God. with that kind of stuff. No, and in the, it's in a small town. Like, oh my God. I think that, and I think that's what people don't understand out there in the world sometimes is that it's not just the big cities, it's everywhere. Uh, you know, it's just like the internet, it will reach you if you let it. Uh, you know, hey, you know, I think of, <laughs> I think of this and I, I kind of laugh a little bit, but, uh, you know, my dad, oh, I don't want the internet in my house. It's, it's evil, you know, and, and, and it'll bring mm. corruption into my house and everything. And I'm like, Dad, you know, if you drive down the street, there's the bars, 
you know, there's a strip clubs, there's the adult bookstores. You don't have to stop at any one of those places. The internet's the same way. You have to pick and choose which one of these places you're going to go in. Um, I think the thing though, Charles is, unfortunately the kids today have to deal with a lot more of it than we did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's just more in their face. Yeah. You know, as we come to the close of our, our podcast here, you know, Charles, I'd like to to see if there's, you know, what what's what's the, um, I guess, the word of advice, the closing statement here. You know, I know they can get all your books going to your website. Yep, um, lifeexperience.net is a website, and you can follow me on social media on that, and you can find all my books and merchandise on that. Um, I always say uh, don't give up hope because no matter how bad things get you know from you know losing your home in a hurricane to this or that you can rebuild your life as long as your heart's beating and your mind is going you can rebuild you know, America, your house, what have you. Hold on a minute. You know, folks, as we as we come to the close of yet another podcast, um, you know, there are a lot of situations in life that direct where we're going. Um, and one of the things I always ask my my guests every, you know, before I end the podcast is two different questions. So Charles, uh, this is your first time with us. So you get to answer some questions too. Okay. Sounds good. Where were you born? In Millbury, Massachusetts. Okay. Now you're going to have to explain that one. I'm not sure exactly where that's at. Uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. Okay. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I figured, I figured, yeah, I figured there was a, that northeastern uh, tone in your voice there. Yep, yep. And then the second part of that would be, what is on your personal bucket list for this coming year? There's something for you here. personally to move. To move, okay. So yeah, I guess I'm gonna. My, I, I would have to say where. My son lives about a half hour away from here, with uh, his mother, and he keeps on asking me to move closer. So that's my my goal. My number one personal goal is to move closer to him. And folks, you're probably wondering why we ask these two questions at the end of all of our podcasts. And the reason is, is because we now know where Charles was born. We know a little bit about the history of Charles' life and the issues and the successes, uh, his son being probably the biggest success, it sounds like. But yet, we don't know where Charles is going to end up. We know where he wants to go. So what right. we'd like to say is no matter what journey that you are on, 
as you listen to this podcast and think about it and maybe review it again, make sure that you keep your journey healthy, positive, and proactive. Charles, give them the website one more time so they can find all your information. Lifelongexperience.net. And folks, I can tell you there's a number of things there. If you feel that you have stress, if you feel that you need some help, it doesn't matter what it is. And I think that was the interesting thing is when I looked at this, PTSD, I thought military only. And I hope you might have learned a few things today that, you know, it covers all of these things, uh, the layers of these things that build up. Don't let them take over your life. Take control of your life. Find somebody to help you if you need it. Uh, I'm sure that Charles would be glad to talk with you. Absolutely. There's a, there's Charles, a thanks chat for on my website, and you can always reach out to me on social media. Oh, yeah. You're just like everything. And I was just about ready to say, Charles, if you want some information about the Academy, we're at academyofcleaning.com. Uh, we have the Rockstar Custodian Program that is still going on. We're still taking nominations as we tape this. Uh, we'll be putting out uh, the award for uh, this year soon. That is at rockstarsofcleaning.com. Please go to all of our social media. Yes, we're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Pin, uh, I, I can't even, I, Charles, we got so many of these that we're all out there on. I can't remember all of them. <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, anyway, try to, I try to limit myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's hard. Please yeah. like and share because that's what uh, makes this world go round today. If you share this information, Charles, thank you for your time today and uh, good luck in your move. You're welcome, Dave. And thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it and talk to you soon.